Uh, okay, I think... And now, a story by Mr. Juan Posada. I just want to share with you guys the, this length was extremely fruitful for me and my family. And I impregnated my wife. Oh! What? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! Way to go! Does it fit? Story, we found out yesterday morning, Easter morning. Easter morning. All right. Easter morning. Easter morning. Check it out. Indeed it was, so. Way to go! Way to go, man! Number three! Alright! Does it I was gonna ask does it feel like a boy or girl? I mean gut gut reaction. A gut reaction girl? because That's what you want. You probably want to I'm guessing. I'm guessing you because you got two boys. The only thing is that I've been telling people that we have two boys and I've been telling people I'm not gonna stop having kids until I have a girl. But and now, and now I, you may have a girl. I have a girl, I'm going to keep having kids. You're going to have right. to come up with a new excuse. New excuse. I'm going to have to it. Yes, Juan, uh, Juan's wife is pregnant. If you're just now joining, he just told us his wife is pregnant. They just found out. On air. Easter morning. And we just found out. All right, that's it. That is beautiful. That was awesome. That is beautiful. That's That'll be just... a great intro to our podcast. Warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Hallelujah! He is risen! He is risen! And welcome to the Catholic Man Can Show. Can I get an amen? We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. We are extremely excited because if you're just now, if you missed the Facebook announcement, Juan just told us that he and his wife, his wife is pregnant. They just found out. I raise my glass to Juan. Juan, I drink to your fecundity, to your success. Into your potency. May it live on forever. <laughs> Cheers. How excited! What I mean is, I hope your kids go to heaven. That's what I'm. Yeah, that, we're, that's we hope you and your say. kids go to heaven, and your wife, obviously, and your wife. I hope I hope your everybody goes to heaven. I hope everybody goes. But, but right not, now, I'm just talking about you. Dare we hope? Okay, let's 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 get going on the Catholic Man Show. Yeah. What are you What are you trying to do here, bro? <laughs> Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're very excited uh, to be on with you. We just got finished recording our first ever Patreon interview Yeah, with Hugh Richardson. We had a lot of fun uh, with that. You can go check that out on our podcast as well if, yeah. you, if you're just now tuning in. Yeah, if you've been listening for a while, he was the one who sent us St. George, George Gin mm -hmm. back in the day. Yes. So anyway. which Man, I, I got lucky enough to be the one to take that bottle home. And I nursed that thing for a long time. Yes, you did. It was good. I would I would just drink it straight. It yeah, was so good. It was very good. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Catholic Man Show, welcome. We're glad that you're joining us. We do three things every episode. We open, review, and enjoy a man beverage. 
we highlight a man gear and we have a manly discussion. It's so funny when we get people who just tune into the Catholic Mantra for the first time, they either love or hate our show and we, they obviously like, they post a comment that'll say, this is ridiculous. It took you 30 minutes before you even get to the topic. Yeah. And, yeah, yes. that, and and if that's you, that's how you know if you're a reprobate or not. <laughs> yes, it's true. Uh, we we start our the actual topic the second half of the show, which is why we tell you that in the beginning. That's what we try to do every episode. Okay, so we're doing uh, a drink right now. Yeah, so l- let's talk about the uh, the drink that we're having. Yeah, because uh, this is a, a fine beverage. We've obviously our glasses have been filled already because we just did the interview with Hugh. Right, and we needed a. I don't know. It's weird to do an interview with an empty glass. Right. What are we? What are, to, we? what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. What are we apes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the drink that we're having this evening is the is the Macallan. It's a twelve uh, year. Does it always cask. say the? Mm-hmm. I've never really noticed that. You can catch the. Uh, there you go. One. The Macallan. The Macallan. It's it's typically a twelve year. It doesn't say this on. Did you there. say this is the double cask? Did you yes. say that? Okay. Yes, I did. Macallan is is a very interesting. A distiller, you know, they just opened not too long ago, about a year, a little over a year ago, a $188 million new distillery. Have you seen it? I have not. Dude, this distillery looks... Have you seen it? Not in person, but okay. on video. Okay. This distillery looks like the architecture. The architect is from J.R.R. Tolkien. Sweet. It, is it castle-esque? It's, no, it's very like Hobbit-ish. Oh really? Okay. Yes, it's like domed, and there's like grass on the top of each each dome within the distillery. It looks like. Is it peat? Are they growing peat on top? No, but that would be a very. Actually, I don't, I'm not positive because peat is just kind of a a grass, like a mossy yeah. grass. But it's a very cool distillery. Uh, they, you know, like I said, they dumped 188 million dollars into the distillery and just opened it about a year, a little over a year ago. Yeah. Well, McAllen runs on the pricier side. Yes, it's 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 a it's. Kind of the name brand. I think yeah. that it's a it's so established that they can kind of do that. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're probably the most recognizable name. I don't know, maybe the Glens. You know that the okay, Glens so, uh, are also really they're recognizable. They're like a, a Highland but. and a Space Side. Like apparently, from what I've I've read, is it's they call themselves Highland, but they're more of a Space Side in the Space Side area. And are they in the Space Side area? That, that that's. So I read something. Borderville, maybe. I read something recently that said the 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 difference between Highland and Speyside are so blurred and so uh, back and forth that it's very hard to actually de- mm. establish which one is Highland and which one is Speyside. No true Scotsman, huh? I get. I don't know, but uh, so l- let's try. It. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Juan, his to wife. Juan. To his new new child. To the Posada name. To the Posada name. So the color is like a, Hmm. uh, it says it's a a gold color. It's a light gold color. Nice fruity fruity notes on the nose. Yeah, the aroma is uh, lemon, citrus, orange peel with the interlacing sweetness of vanilla and dark chocolate. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, The palette says it's citrus and boiled sweets with hints of ginger and cinnamon giving way to to toasted apples. Yeah, yeah, toasted. Uh, toasted I, apples. I would say Fuji apples, toasted Fuji. Oh, Fuji. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, the finish is a medium sweet, malty, and slightly dry. Is what it says. You know, typically, we're not the Highland guys. 
right in, in the realm of whiskeys because a lot of times most highlands are sherry casks you know, that they mature in, in sherry casks most they, of them most of the highlands do i did not know that not mature i'm sorry they they're in there for a couple years not okay. for not for the duration like, not for 10 years or 12 years or 15 years but the last couple of years they typically are in the sherry cask you know why they so do sherry most highlands casks? are not single barrels huh yes a lot of them are Okay, I thought you just said most of them did a couple years in a sherry cask, which would mean it's not a single well, barrel. I, I think that you actually can still be a single barrel. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can, even mm-hmm. though you're not aged in one barrel? Because it's aged, yeah, but, but the, the majority of it is, is aged in a single barrel. That is, see, this is just the world. It's the whole content of one barrel that gets transferred. Right, it's the whole content of one barrel being transferred into the next barrel. So, But the, the reason, you know why they do the sherry? The world is full of lies. I do not know. <laughs> Apparently, my understanding is is that sherry gives it the most complex flavor without dominating uh, the whiskey. Okay. So it kind of gives it more nuances. You can kind of play with the sherry, like yeah. the amount of sherry that you add or, or the types of sherry that you add where you can pour the whiskey into the barrel after you've put the sherry in there uh, and drain the sherry. Mm-hmm. You can pour the whiskey in there and... Depending on what sherry it is, it doesn't dominate the whiskey. It doesn't overpower it, but it kind of gives it the the just more ap- subtle, more subtle. The citrus, the, yeah. the the lemon, the honey that is typical with the Highland and Speyside whiskeys. That's where it comes from. The sherry, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of the sherry. It, See, I've never actually had sherry. I haven't either. I think that's in, I think it's weird that we should I go. Have, we should go get a bottle. It's La Santa. Well, La Santa is whiskey. We're talking about like sherry itself. Sherry is a, a, in a, in and of itself a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well that's good to know. I learned a lot just now. You're but welcome. I McAllen is a, a bottle that, especially if you've got some money to spend on your whiskey, uh, you know, on your um, on your bar. If you serve someone a bottle of McAllen, everybody's going to be really glad to have it. Most most people think that McAllen is you know it's so well known and it's it's because it's it's very easy on the. Yeah, I would say it's the most universally well-received glass of whiskey. For, I mean, like, no, gra- glass of scotch. Glass of scotch, okay. There's, that's a distinction. Sure. I, I might even say it's the most universally, universally well-received whiskey. I mean... I would not, but that's okay. What would you say is? Oh, I think some kind of like bourbon. Like, I think that most people would drink bourbon over scotch. Do you? Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's just my opinion. Mm, okay. But anyway... Uh, so that, that's exciting. I, I think the McAllen is, is a good Highland scotch. I think, like you said, it's a good to have in your bar for, for guys who, who come over. I, if you're just getting into the, the scotch game, we've said this several times, but Highlands and Speysides are, are, are an easy transition from a bourbon because you're not going to get the harsh of smoke. You're not going to get the yeah. peatiness. It's not going to yeah. just smoke you in the face, if you will. It's, it's going to, it's, just, it really is. This is a really good, a really good whiskey. Yeah. Um. So I have to tell you this story. Okay. Go ahead. This has happened to me. Is this a true story? This is a true story that you made up. No. Not a true well, story. I made, made it up by actually doing it. Okay. Let me hear. Um. This is on Holy Saturday. I was doing a little chainsaw work. I was uh, raising the canopy on my tree out front. Mm. Um. Because uh, you know I'm having, I noticed that as I drove by, having some trouble with the grass right under the tree. So right. you know, getting a little bit more sun. And I had my head, you know, my Bluetooth headphones on, audio booking, uh, unplanned. Oh, nice. The book. Yes. Um, and so I'm out there, 
listening to this story of Abby Johnson, you know, leaving Planned Parenthood, and I'm just getting to the point where I'm in the point where she has left the the clinic, and it's you know she's over there with the Coalition for Life. She has this very redemptive moment, um, and I'm using this chainsaw, and it, but it was just so touching. I'm out there like getting teary eyed, and <laughs> and I'm out there in the front yard like crying. <laughs> As I'm chainsawing up this <laughs> limb, up so I'm like, that is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just out there like laughing at the fact that I'm sitting here crying using a chainsaw at the same so time. So many emotions. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotions. It was so funny. <laughs> and I was like thinking like, it's a good thing I have glasses on, sunglasses. And, you know, people can't see me cry using the chainsaw. <laughs> That is pretty good. It was a, oh, it was a funny, funny moment for me. (laughs) It is pretty good. Uh, Join us on Patreon if you like the Catholic Mantra. You can support us via Patreon. Do what Hugh Richardson did and support us. Go to Patreon.com/slash The Catholic Man Show. When we get back, we're gonna jump into the man gear, and we're gonna talk about backbiting. Backbiting. Hang in there. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. We got Juan Posada in the house. Guess who we have next week? Oh, Patrick Coffin. Yeah, Patrick Coffin's going to be in studio next week. In the flesh. Yes. Eche homo. Eche homo. So Uh, that's exciting. Yes. That that will be awesome. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what topic we're going to talk about yet. Uh, However... I asked, I asked him, I was like, so what do you want to say? He goes, no, don't even tell me. Yeah, he wants it to be a surprise. So we're going to really surprise him. It may be this Friday. It may be Saturday. It'll most likely be Saturday that we record with Patrick. Yeah, probably we're shooting for because Saturday morning. They're, they're, you know what? The whiskey won't drink itself and the cigars won't smoke themselves on Friday night. No, they do not. So that's you, the thing about them. That's the thing about them is... The thing about whiskey and cigars is... It takes is that they need a lot of help, right? So that probably will not be uh, done until Saturday morning. Okay. Okay. So we're talking the man gear today is um the umbrella. The umbrella. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, it's interesting that the umbrella as a man gear because there's this stigma about it's kind of a girly thing, you know, like, right? Well, when it initially started, when when the umbrella in the, became a fashion thing, not in the Chinese. Like way, way back. Yeah, because the Chinese like four thousand BC. BC basically invented they invented what what would be called the parasol today, what we would refer to as a parasol. Right, but once it finally became hit mainstream, mm-hmm. it was only used for women. Women only used right. it. Right. And it was one dude in England. Oh, I forgot his name. Hudson or something. Yeah, or? Hu- yeah. Uh, Hanway. Hanway. Hanway, like decided no, I'm going to. I'm going to carry an umbrella. Because I guess men, men before that, they would wear hats. In the 16th century. And they would just get, they would have an overcoat and a hat. And, you know, they would that would be their poncho, sort of, mm-hmm. I suppose. Well, so what do you think? When I was younger, 
when I was in high school and stuff, I was like, and even in college, like, I am not going to carry an umbrella. I don't care if I get wet. I'm not getting an. I'm not not carrying. I've an never umbrella. had any stigma about an umbrella. No, Mm-mm. never. No. Okay. Or even been aware that there was one. Really? Yeah. You didn't know there was one. No. Like there's guys out there still today that will would rather run through the rain and get soaking wet than have an umbrella. No. I mean that's fine if they want to do that. I let me tell you though. <laughs> uh, I have. I'm a big fan of the golf umbrella. I that's kind of the only kind of umbrella. It's massive. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, unless the rain is falling exactly straight down, which does not happen in Oklahoma. No, it is not. Then, you're still gonna get your feet are gonna get wet. Okay. Or mm-hmm. your your whole pants. You know, the that's knees true. knees below might get wet. When we've been out. At- outside praying the rosary across the street from the abortion clinic we've yeah. had to have your golf umbrella has come in handy well multiple that's times. the th- other thing about the golf umbrella is that it becomes a gentlemanly act because mm. now you can also share an umbrella with somebody you know it's like oh hey it's sort of like the flask i'm here don't prepared, worry guys and i'm here to share right yeah don't worry i've thought about it i came prepared, prepared and i'm here to share i'm here to share Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so I mean so that's you, why I like so, the golf umbrella. So do you carry one or two umbrellas? I do have your, a second umbrella in the car, a, a more small regular umbrella, compa- compact one. Yeah, um, but the main umbrella that I have is is a golf one. I'm trying to remember. Like I was thinking, sixty inches. That's no too big, right? But it's a big know. one. No, it is. I bet it's sixty inches. It's probably five feet. If I were to yeah, it's 60 inches long, or in diameter. Really? Five feet. Wow. Yeah, because if I were to put it down, it was probably up to my shoulder. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a bi- I mean, it's a big umbrella. So the word umbrella comes from the Latin root word umbra. Yeah, which for means shade. Meaning or shade or shadow. We must have like read the exact same thing. Yes, that is. That's the same. That's the exact same page. You printed it off. I did. I recognize it. Don't worry. I've thought about it. I've come prepared, and I'm here to share. Yeah. So, uh, but it, it was an English gentleman's. In fact, they even referred to it. What that guy, Hanson? Hanway. Hanway. They even used to call umbrellas a Hanway because mm-hmm. he was the one who made them popular. Mm-hmm. But it was the Chinese who first put wax on their these parasol, which are basically like a paper mache. Right. Originally, the umbrella, umbrella was just basically just for, for the sun. For, for shade. For shade, yeah. Yeah. And then Which, they realized, hey, if we made this waterproof, we wouldn't get wet as well. Yeah, yeah. So they put wax on it and then used it in the rain Yeah, a long time ago. The Chinese, you know, they really, they were the first to do a lot of stuff. I agree. A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. They've been around. Yeah. Uh, in, in 2008, the U.S. Patent Office registered 3,000 active patents for umbrella-related inventions. In 2008? Yes. Are you serious? I'm not joking. Okay, because, you know, now they have, like, the inverted umbrella. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's a bunch. Yes, I do. Uh, and I do see how if you're, tr- if you're about to get into the car, that would be easier. The one thing I wonder, wonder about, though, is that you're basically... Mary bring- Poppins brought that into style, didn't she? No, hers didn't go. I was just, that was a joke. Go no, ahead. Keep no, going. dude. 
Sorry, keep she, going. She didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't come down regular. Almost like it goes mm-hmm. up when it comes down. Right. So if you do that in the in the car, as you're getting in the car, you know, it would be a lot easier to get through the window. But you're also going to... It's going to fill up with water for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. And when you pull it in the car, now you're going to dump water out in the car a little bit. But right. if it's raining hard, it will be an amount the thing is the umbrella there's no way to make a smooth transition into the car into the car it just can't be done right you're you're gonna get a little wet yeah i associate uh so if i had to pick a a virtue with it with the umbrella if i had to associate it would be chivalry chivalry Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i I just envision you you see all these like old vintage photos of men walking down the sidewalk with women and like he's holding the umbrella to keep her dry you know and maybe he's getting just a little bit wet or he's completely outside of the umbrella before the golf umbrella was maybe invented and Mm -hmm. he's holding it for her and that's an act of chivalry yeah yeah and if you do just have a smaller umbrella you hold it over her yes not 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 yourself yourself. also also when you're walking down the sidewalk you are the one that's supposed to, the men are supposed to be on the side of the street. I was just about, that's what I was getting ready to say. I was just going like to say, we should talk about also how to walk down the street with a woman. Okay, go because ahead. Because you always put yourself between her and the cars. Between the woman and danger. Right. So, and that means you might switch sides as you're walking because you might make turns. and Right. Um, every time I have done this with a woman... They have always noticed and really appreciated it. And it's not because, you know, they're too fragile to be close to traffic, okay? That's not why they're doing it. Right. No one no one thinks that. Some women are like that. Some women are like that. Well, and they're the, But they're the same women who say, don't hold the door for me. I'm strong enough to get the door for me by myself. It's, it's like, no kidding. I know that you're strong enough to open doors. I'm doing this to serve you. Yes. But that's men, that's what you do. Really, regardless what they think, you should do it anyway. Especially with your wife. Oh, definitely with your wife. Right. Are you a guy who walks down with a woman? Like, you know how they do it where they put their hand on the hip side? You know, like they put the hip... While walking? Yeah, while while oh, walking. No. I'm, I'm much too tall. Yeah, yeah. So you, especially uh, with I, your wife. Your wife is short and yeah, you're tall. I, uh, so it I, doesn't really work. It doesn't really translate. I, I could never... I couldn't pull that... It wouldn't Are you good. a hand holder? Um... Sometimes I'm also an arm. I, I'll give oh. my arm arm to a lady. Nice, which is a good, a good move. One. I think good that's move. a good move because you, you you give them your arm, and then they'll take you know they'll put their hand around your elbow, and you do that for just a second, and then you can put your hand in your pocket. Okay, and then it's more comfortable. Right. Then you're 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 right. Your, your arm's <laughs> not gonna start to like go numb on you from just trying to hold it up. Um. So, but yes, yeah, so you put your hand in your pocket. They're holding onto your arm. Um, it's just nice. It is. It's nice because then they can, they don't have to like hold your hand because then there's always the big question with hand holding, you know, do you go regular or waffle style, you know? And if you go waffle, you know, <laughs> is waffle the, the yeah, intermingle? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, okay. It's like, I, it's like prayer sure. hands, like doing prayer hands, prayer hands okay. kind of. Yeah. Uh, that's waffle style. If you do that, you know, like for me, I have big hands uh-huh. and I will, I, I'll like break a girl's hand if I, you don't squeeze it no no no. just the fact if like her trying to spread her fingers out enough oh, okay to get you know and so anyway um the arm 
giving the arm. Also, it's also a classy look, I think. I think it is a classy look, and it alleviates the the hand sweating problem. Yes. Because if it's outside in Oklahoma heat, man, that's something that right. you have to think it's about. Sweltering. Yes, and so if you're walking outside, it's easy to get your hands start sweating. So I I, I like that move. I yeah. like that move. Yeah. So give it a try. I, I have before, but mm-hmm. I need to bring it back. Probably. It's also appropriate to do with women who are not your wife. Yeah, that's a good point because if you're walking somebody across the street or, mm-hmm. or something like that, you give them the, your arm, and that way it's not intimate, where it's not a handhold or something like that. Right. But it's still you're being able to guide and mm-hmm. and, and and assist. Right. It'd be weird to do with a stranger, but you know, if you have a a, a friend who's a woman, mm-hmm. you know, that would be it is appropriate to do. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's it makes it's a good one to have in your repertoire. Yeah, I agree. As it were, I agree. What are your thoughts on this uh, Macallan that we're sipping on? Oh, it's, the it's, double. It's cast? fantastic. You think so? Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's. I, I think it's very good. You do? Yeah. I'll give it about a six point five. All right, no, I'm, not pre- I'm not prepared to give it a number, but I think okay. it's very good. All right, well, when we get back, we're going to talk about backbiting, which is something that I knew nothing about until recently. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of the McAllen double cast. Just got done talking about the umbrella and really a little bit about chivalry in general. How to walk a woman across the street or down the sidewalk. And now we're going to jump into a, a topic called backbiting. And as most of you which know... Which is weird. Which That's is a weird. It's a weird when word. When you said that, I was like... You don't even know what I, it is. I didn't know what it was, and I, I kind of went. You know, like, I don't like it. I don't. Whatever it is, I don't, I don't like, like it. it. I know because I already had braces for an overbite, so I don't want to have to deal with <laughs> with, with a backbite. Yeah, you know, like, I understand. I don't. I, braces were were the worst. I don't know anything. They about were them. they were the worst. I didn't have on any. You didn't have braces. Mm-mm. Did not. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so if you guys don't know. Typically, what we do is Dave and I switch off on topics. Dave will pick a topic. I'll pick a topic. If you if you're catching on when it's my turn, I've been really diving into the sumo recently. So a lot of the, a lot of the uh, the <laughs> my topics are, are just complete, I've just been you know just been like diving, diving into, into the sumo. It. Yeah, just, just leisurely. Uh, it's just been it's just it's been, been a, easy for me. A nice just nice casual swim. swim just through, a casual just, swim. Just through the sumo. So if you don't like uh, Thomas Aquinas, then skip every other week on the Catholic Man Show because that's basically what I'm going to be. That, those are going to be my topics. Trying to make Matt Frad jealous? Is that what you're trying to do? No, Matt Frad is way better than us. There's no way that Matt Frad would be jealous of us. Oh, do you? Are you my attorney now or something? <laughs> do you have a mouse in your pocket? Are you, are you speaking for me? Yeah. All of a sudden. But so we're going to talk about backbiting. Uh, which is something that I found out about researching. I'm, I'm working on a project. I can beat Matt Frad in solving the Rubik's Cube. I almost guarantee it. I almost guarantee it. There's there no a, way he can beat me in that. If there was a trophy for that, I'd give it to you. Okay. All right. Keep going. Uh, 
I'm working on a project right now, attempting to write a book. And so while doing that, I've been doing a lot of research on the on virtues and vices. And I came across while reading the Summa, boom, right here. Uh, yeah. It was talking about the question 73 was of backbiting. And I was like, what the heck is backbiting? I had no idea what backbiting was until I started reading about it. Now, obviously, once I tell you what it is, you'll know what it you, you just won't. At least for me, I didn't know what the, the term was. Now, I asked my parents and my grandparents what backbiting was, and they instantly knew who knew what it was. I asked my cousins, who are around my age, what backbiting was. They'd never heard the term before. When I texted you, you had never heard the term before. And I think it sounds weird. It's a weird term. Okay, so so let's get into it. Let's figure out what it is. So before we, we tell you exactly what it is, uh, backbiting is a vice. Uh, it a man can be can injure another person by deed in two ways, okay, openly or secretly by deed, okay. Openly, an example would be like robbery. It's very public. Uh, secretly would be like theft, okay. Like I'm I steal something from you, no one knew about it, okay. 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 Uh, a man injures another person by words in two ways, so deeds and words. In, in, in words, openly and secretly as well, uh, openly they call it reviling him, as St. Thomas called reviling him, uh, a person. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, and then secretly is done by backbiting. Okay. So it'd be secretly. So uh, reviling somebody is detrimental to the honor that a person that a person has because you're doing it publicly. You're doing it like to their face. Yeah. How, uh, however, he speaks against another secretly would be backbiting. So you're not you're not uh, disrespecting him his honor but his name. Because it's like you you still honor his uh you still honor his honor. You respect his honor. I guess it would be a better yeah, way. Yeah. You respect his honor but you don't respect his name. Gotcha. Okay, so uh that backbiting uh is different than reviling in, in two different ways. It's obviously what we talked about speaking openly or secretly and then revilers injures honor like we just said and backbiters injures the good name so that's something that is i think very uh common in today's world of, of back like backbiting is very totally is something that is very prominent in today's culture in general yeah even in the news cycle you know mm -hmm. like but that would be openly but um, but just the the culture that so that is, is backbiting around. always true things that you're saying yeah so so backbiting is 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 always you're like different it, from gossip because right. go gossip well, it's a type yeah so uh, man is is, uh, is said to backbite another not because he detracts from the truth but because he lessens his good name directly or indirectly so it's not like you're trying to you're not telling a lie about somebody yeah but you're like saying this guy. Uh, does this, and I just can't believe he does that. You know, he sins this way, and like, who sins that way? You know, so you're yeah. you're really trying, you're really demeaning the guy's name, which is something that Saint Thomas says is very hard to rep uh, to make good to re to to uh, what's a word? I'm blanking on a like word to make redeem. good to redeem. Yeah, once you do it, the damage is done. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So St. Thomas talks about it, he asks, is it a mortal sin? Is back, backbiting a mortal sin? So if you're, if you're talking to somebody else, so if, if you and I are talking and we're talking about 
Juan, and we're saying, can you believe Juan does this? Can you believe Juan does, you know, he sins this way? And it's true. He, he actually does sin this way. He actually does do this. Yeah. But we're secretly talking about it, and there's no reason, there's no good, there's no good about this. You know, there's nothing good that's coming from this. Uh, you don't need to know this. There's nothing virtuous about you knowing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a mortal sin? That's what St. Thomas asks in the next question. And sins of words should be judged chiefly by their intentions of the speaker, is what St. Thomas says, which makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Sin, mor- morality in general, I think, a lot of times it's, has to do with intention. It comes down to intention, intention. Al- almost always. I mean, not always, but intention is got to be the biggest the biggest thing in morality. Right. So uh, St. Thomas says, and I'm quoting here now, Now, backbiting by its very nature aims to blackening a man's good name. It is very great. It is very grave matter to blacken a man's good name because it is of all temporal things a man's good name seems the most precious, since for lack of it is hindered is hindered from good from doing many good things. So okay. I mean, so he's saying uh, one is bound to rest- like once you do it, you're bound to restore his good name, which is kind of like your penance almost. Because that's very tough to do. So whether it, so whether it is actually wow. a mortal sin or not, Saint Thomas would say it is a mortal sin uh, to to commit. Backbiting is a mortal sin. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that. First of all, I don't think that he could say it's a mortal sin. I think it most well, he could say it's, it's grave. grave. It's grave matter. Okay, so let's talk about what what a mortal sin is. Go ahead. I'll okay, so that. in order to be a mortal sin, you have to have three things. It has to be. A grave matter, what you're doing. So it has to be something serious. It's not, you know, just like a little thing. Um, you have to know it's wrong, mm-hmm. and you have to freely choose to do it anyway. So in this case, um, when you're backbiting, you're freely choosing to do it, and you have to also know it's wrong. So I think many people just don't even consider whether or not this conversation that they're involved with, whether it's wrong or not. I mean, I think, I think honestly, I think many, many people just have the conversation. I mean, it's just maybe a normal thing. It's not even intentional. It's a normal thing for a lot of people. They're being careless. Yeah, or they just have not, it's not even occurred to them that they should should consider whether or not to have this conversation. You know what I mean? I I totally, I totally know what you mean. mean, That was me me for a long, 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 long time. I mean, I read this uh, and then during Holy Week, I went to confession and made like, a general confession for this sin because I felt like I don't know if I've ever confessed this before in my life. Yeah, I've obviously made that that mistake before. That's you know I've committed this before. So I I made a confession, a general confession over this sin because it was like that's not something that I knew was was a grave sin. Well, I hope you brought me up a couple times in there. No way, dude! I never talk bad about you. <laughs> never. Yeah, I mean you're more of a big picture kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention this. Where's the camera? There it is. <laughs> uh, I am more of a big picture kind of guy, though. <laughs> I mean, that's actually true. It's my but, T-shirt. If you're on the podcast, it's my, it's my T-shirt says. Don't you think, though, that that's something that's uh, that a lot of people would... Like, did you know that? Did you know it could be a grave, grave matter? I knew that... Um, I guess you can logically come to that conclusion if you thought about it. 
right? If you if you if you thought about the process and thought about like what is actually happening, you probably could come to that conclusion. Yeah, and I think grave matter is also a gray area. Sometimes I think it's possible that what what is grave matter for one person might not be grave matter for somebody else because maybe one person is has grown in holiness has is much further along and as such is more aware of has a deeper knowledge of God and therefore is held to a higher standard due to their state in life due to no due due to their knowledge of of God the revelation that he has given of himself to that person That's interesting. I'd like to get like you know some I mean? kind of Dominican so, on here to talk about and, it and so I think this is a good example of like for one person who just nobody's ever told them this is mm-hmm. that it's like oh well for them it's not even really a grave issue um, right. Because they've got so many other things in front of them that they're, I mean, like... Well, that was me. They, I mean, they almost don't even have the capability of, of overcoming this sin. Right. Because it's so minor in compared to, comparison to the, so, so many mm-hmm. other sins in their life. Um, so, that I don't know. I just think that that's an issue. Well, and man, let me tell you something. We've said this before, but it's worth saying again. If you are a married man, you never talk bad about your wife to other yeah. people. And let's say that again on the other side of the break, because okay. it's something that drives me crazy. I think it's very very much well, well worth saying again. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. I can say this because Adam's in the room, but guys, he is just the worst. I cannot even explain to you what it's like to have to work with this guy, uh, or even uh, have him as. Oh, a friend. hi, Adam. Hey. Yeah. What's up? Just talking about just, backbiting. Just talking about stuff with my friends here. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I do want to tell you about this guy at my office, okay? Because Wait, are we not going to talk about talking bad well, about your well, wife? Well, that's oh. exactly what he does. Okay. He's all the time bashing his wife, and he's the biggest sinner. <laughs> Dude, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Do not do that. I, I don't. Re- I rebuke you. Don't. Uh, but seriously, um, I do know people... I, I, I do know a, a man, I, and this isn't backbiting because I'm not putting down anyone's good name. Um, but I do know a guy who very routinely complains about his wife. And it wears me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like somebody needs to stick up for this poor woman. And if you listen to him, his story, she's not a poor woman. She's a big nag, you know. But um, th- that's how I feel. It's like, dude. And so I try it's to wife. gently encourage him to, like, you know. Stop talking bad about your wife. You know, just like, oh, the, yeah, but the beauty of marriage and stuff like that. I don't think I don't know if it does any good, but guys, if there well, is there is no such thing as off water cooler talk, bash where you complain, venting about where you your complain wife. about your wife. No, it never Stop. happens. Stop it never doing it. ever. Ha- you can complain about it to like maybe if you and your wife say, hey, you know these issues. I I need someone to talk to. Is it okay if I mean like maybe if you had a mutual friend between the two of you? I think this is a bad idea. No, I mean I think this is okay because. 
sometimes in, sometimes in marriage idea. you need it's not you're not like on a boat by yourself sometimes you do need some good counsel in marriage so if if you have a holy friend but they need to know both of priest. you a priest or a counselor but i mean sometimes sometimes you have a good friend who who can just be that person to give you good advice and you know that they know your wife they're not going to like judge her or something you know what i mean that that is a, that is a situation that can happen okay it, I, it I, I don't want to th- i don't want to comment because I don't know in that situation you're not just like complaining about your wife you're going to them saying hey how should i handle this you know i, I okay. really need your help as a friend and stuff you know what i mean there's a difference there between i think it's i think it can go one way really quick yeah. Uh, so okay. anyway, it, it's talking about what. So anyway, uh, uh, the next question that St. Thomas uh, raises is whether backbiting is the gravest of all sins committed against one's neighbor. <laughs> well, no. Okay, so uh, there's uh, man's good is threefold. Okay. Uh, the good of his soul, the good of his body, and the good of external things. Similar to how when we talked with Carlo Broussard not you know a while back ago, and we were talking about the four levels of manhood, and there's earthly things that are good, yeah. uh, bodily things, there's heavenly things that are good. Us in, enjoying this whiskey in moderation is a earthly good that we're doing, you know, yeah. that we're partaking in. Yeah. Uh, so he said, you know, so murder, murder, he says, is is the most grievous since it deprives man of a life which he already possesses, after which comes adultery, which is contrary to the right of right order of human generation. I would, let me just tell you, I would much rather someone put my put down my good name than uh, commit Adul- adultery with my wife. Well, then you, then St. Thomas, you'd be agreeing with St. Thomas. Yeah, I mean, that for me is an easy decision. Right. Uh, and, and last comes external goods, like, like we were just saying, among which a man's good name takes precedence over uh, of wealth because is more uh, akin to spiritual goods. What's more akin to spiritual goods? Uh, the presence of his, of his name over wealth. Oh, over wealth. Okay. Over wealth. Yeah. So a good name is better than uh, than great riches from Proverbs. Proverbs says a good name is is worth more is better than great riches. Therefore, backbiting, according to its according uh, according to its nature, is more grievous sin than theft, but it is less grievous than murder or adultery. Okay. Because yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad that's what he said because I was worried that he was going to say yes. It is the the gravest thing you can commit against your neighbor. I was, was going to say, no, Thomas, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this. But it's interesting that it's worse than theft because you're stealing something that a, a, a good is, is theft, right? You're stealing you're stealing a good. And of course, but, he, he's but, speaking in general because I would also say that let's say your neighbor already has a terrible name and is very poor mm-hmm. and you take all the money he has. Mm-hmm. That money is worth a lot more than his name is, and now he's not gonna. He's gonna starve. He and his family might starve. I mean, so of course. But Saint Thomas. Well, he also says the gravity Saint of Thomas sin, is speaking in general, right? And here. he says the gravity of sin is in relation to the sinner as well, which yeah. like what you just said. Yeah. It's deliberately or through weakness or carelessness. So if you're deliberately like, if you and I deliberately like, if I mentally say, I'm really upset with Juan for doing X, Y, and Z. And in order for me to just get this off my chest, I'm going to talk to you about Juan, you know, doing X, Y, or Z, and I'm deliberately thinking about it and coming to you, and then uh, blackening his name. Yeah, uh, that would be a grave sin. 
Yeah, I mean, and think about this in politics. I mean, this happens all the time where hmm. the intent of the it ad is, is to discredit someone's name. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all they're trying to do. Right. I think that's... Uh, I, but I think that's something that... Even if what they say is true. Right. Yeah, exactly, because that would be backbiting. Right. Because what you're saying is still true. Yeah. But... Uh, Even though this isn't backbiting because it's openly... There's there's a difference, though, in, in uh, carelessness. It's, it's not secret. It's open, you know. So. Yeah, right. But there's difference also in carelessness. Like, if I'm talking to you all this, and then all of a sudden I just... I'm telling you a story, and then all of a sudden part of the story is Juan did X, Y, or Z, and I said that to you, and it's not really part like it doesn't add to the story at all it doesn't showcase anything that's really talking about the story uh that could still be considered a venial in nature by a venial sin well it can't be a sin unless you did it on purpose i mean sin always must have you can never accidentally commit a sin unknow you can never unknowingly commit sin i mean it just it do, that doesn't happen now if you're kind of like in the middle of the story and you kind of like start to tell that part and you say like, oh, well, I'm, I'll just keep telling it because I'm already started. You know, at that point, you do have some um, intent behind it because that's happened to me before where I've been, you know, telling a story. And then I realized kind of halfway like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell the story. But, you know, it's kind of a harmless story, whatever. It's not that big. of a, And I just tell it anyway and move on, you know, but I kind of know, realize like at the end of the day, if I do an examination of conscience, I, I think I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that wasn't good. But, and kind of halfway through, I had that revelation, you know, so there is some intent there. I think that's where it could come into play. But if you just have absolutely no idea and you just say it because well, you, I, and I also think that, that, go, that, that comes down to like sin makes you stupid. Yeah. Y- you know, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the other, the last thing, uh, that that St. Thomas talks about uh, regarding backbiting is whether it's a grave sin for the listener to suffer through the backbiting. Okay, so that was that's something that's interesting. So, like, it, again, in our example, if I'm sitting here talking to you about Juan doing X, Y, or Z, is it a mortal sin for you to listen to me without rebuking me? I can't wait till the next time you do this, dude. I'm going to rebuke you <laughs> so hard. So, in Romans, uh, St. Paul talks about they are... Uh, He's talking about when somebody is worthy of death, and he says not only uh, not only they commit that they commit sins, but they also that they consent to them that they that they do them. So they they're consenting to the person who's doing the sin is worthy of death, which I think I mean, that's a hard line, right? I mean, it's, it's a very hard line. Yeah. So this happens in so this happens in two ways: an introduction of sin for another uh, when the sin is pleasing to him. So like. Like we use the example, I was deliberately saying this because like, it feels good to get this off my chest that, that Juan was doing X, Y, or Z to yeah, you. Yeah. Or uh, in human fear is also another one. So hmm. uh, what do, I don't know that. So human fear would be like if I'm telling you this and, and you're the person who's supposed to be re- rebuking me. Yeah. Because of either uh, a lack of cur- of a lack of courage, lack of fortitude, a lack of uh, being able to stand up, a, a lack of fearing of what i would think of you if you stopped if you stopped me yeah uh, th- you know that would be the human fear mm-hmm. uh so yeah and that makes sense to me because sometimes there have been times where even recently i was having a conversation with a very an elderly man this is in my office again mm-hmm. and he was commenting on the vice of another person another person and i 
would have, if it was somebody else, I would have said like, hey man, we don't need to, like, we, we've all got our problems, all right, we don't need to talk about this. But because of his, in his age, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything just because I felt like I would be, I would be disrespectful if I didn't correct him. But the truth is, I should, you know, that... It's not disrespectful, okay. you know. So let me tell you what St. Thomas would say about that. Okay. Does I, he mention this scenario? Uh, similar Pretty to. Pretty close? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm quoting here. If, however, the sin is not pleasing to him and fails to withstand the backbiter through fear, negligence, or even shame, his sin is indeed but much less than the backbiter himself. Uh, and as a rule, it's venial. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, but that, I think that's very, I mean, that, that's a hard line. That's still a hard line. Yeah. Uh, so, for it to be more uh, mortally sinful to be a, a listener of backbiting, St. Thomas says it has to be his official duty to correct the backbiter, and he doesn't do it. Okay, so what Hold if, on, let me get these all three out before we get, because okay, yeah, we're yeah, almost yeah. done. Uh, by reason of some consequent danger, or uh, a radical point for which human fear may sometimes be a mortal sin. So, so much so that you just like mortal, like you're just so scared. You don't have any fortitude whatsoever. that you don't say it. Even if you aren't, uh, it's not your duty. Then it would be a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, well, hope- darn. <laughs> hope you guys, uh, enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, we were articulate enough to understand what backbiting is. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.